have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult. Exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. As always, I'm your host, Derek Carey, and tonight we're on our yearly 31 Days of Horror Challenge episode. This year, we're going to bring in some people that have never been on my show. I've been pestering them nonstop to try and get their asses on here, and it's finally happened. The the stars have aligned, and all of a sudden, my, my buds have all shown up to talk about just an asinine amount of movies that we've watched this month. Nothing but horror. If you're not familiar with 31 Days of Horror, I run this group. I've been running it for a number of years now um, on Facebook called 31 Days of Horror Challenge, and what it is is every day in the month of October, each participant is to watch one horror movie and then talk about it and it's fun we all have a good time making some yucks we watch some shitty movies we watch some good movies and here tonight my group we're gonna talk about the best movie that we each saw and the worst movie each of us saw so before we get into it let me introduce all of my guests tonight of course we have the man the myth the legend mr mark the movie man how you doing tonight sir I'm feeling pretty good. Thanks for having me on, as always, Derek. Are you exhausted from this last mo- month of uh, watching movies? <laughs> I've watched a ton of movies, not just the ones I talked about for 31 Days of Horror. So, yeah, I, it gets pretty exhausting. <laughs> well, in the midst of having this horror challenge, you were also part of a film festival this month as well. Yes, the Madison, the Madtown Horror Film Festival, uh, uh, 20-some films that I got to help select and judge, so I had to watch all of those and many more, the ones that didn't get selected. So, yeah, I've watched, in the last, I would say, five weeks, I've watched many, many movies. It was a lot of fun, so... Next to him is a dear friend of mine. He's been involved with a lot of movies that I've made. He's also traveled around and gotten in some hijinks with me. Mr. <laughs> Eric Ars now. How you doing, my friend? Great, Derek. Thanks. Thanks for having me on here today. Yeah, I've been excited. I've been trying to get you on this show for years. <laughs> so I don't know what it was that, that finally brought you on, but I'm glad you're here. It's, uh, I mean, truthfully, this is just always an exciting time of year. I think is maybe the fifth year I've done the challenge and um I don't know I just love it I love talking about it so yeah me too you're you're one of the the main members that I've had for for a long long time and I always look forward to see what you're going to bring because you always go out of left field you're not bringing you're not just oh yeah I'm watching Nightmare on Elm Street oh yeah I'm watching uh, Halloween again for the 50 millionth time you're bringing some deep cuts I always appreciate that Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Next to him is another one of my buds I've been trying to get on here. Last time I saw him, I think, was at a 35-millimeter screening of The Immortal Pieces <laughs> in Milwaukee. Mr. Jay Kuki, how you doing, Hello. my friend? I'm good, good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So you're a mild-mannered teacher by day, but yes. by night you're an absolute horror freak. Um, what? Let's introduce 
the the mem- uh, the listeners of Astro Radio Z to you. What what brought you into wanting to be a part of the Thirty One Days of Horror Challenge? You know what? I, if there's a genre that uh, I love the most, it's got to be horror. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, but uh, you know, just exploitation in general. Um, all, I'm the kind of guy. I'm sure all of you are too. You have a lot of regular friends out in the world, like regular movies, and. Uh, they like to say stuff like, oh, did you ever see this movie? That was a real crazy one, wasn't it? And I'm sure some of the movies we could tell our friends that we've seen, um, we'd probably lose some of those friends. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I just that's kind of the, um, the, the way I roll, I guess. But, yes, I'm very mild-mannered. Uh, I teach first graders, but every single one of those kids wanted to be Chucky for Halloween this year. What and, was the deal um, with that? I, it was super weird and it was super random. And here's the other thing: they don't call him Chucky; they call him Chucky Baby. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just the way it is. My school days say, "Mr. Gilkey, I'm going to be Chucky Baby for Halloween." I'm like, I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> Chucky Baby, that's so <laughs> cute. Yeah, no, I know. They all thought that Chucky was a baby. They don't realize he's a doll. So basically, they're really not paying attention to the movies. <laughs> well, that makes the movies even more scary if it's an actual baby going around. All <laughs> that's the parents' fault. That's, I blame that on the parents. It's the it's. I I'll just make this real quick. There's two things that stink about being a first grade teacher. A, I can't expose that I watch scary movies to them. I have to be like, oh, I've never. What is this? We can't, <laughs> we can't do that. We can't talk about that here. And then the other bad thing is um, when they talk to me about pro wrestling and I can't expose the business to them. Oh, kayfabe. You got to keep kayfabe. Got to keep it all kayfabe for the kids, yes. Yep, so. yep. Well, let's, let's go into that as well because you actually run a luchador uh, burlesque show in Milwaukee. You want to talk about it a little bit, Jay? Let's be real quick. Um, I do Mondo Lucha, which is uh, kind of like um, the white trash version of uh, Saturday Night Live and um, Cirque du Soleil uh, together. Basically, in Turner Hall, we put a wrestling ring in the middle, uh, have a bunch of wrestling matches, have music, have burlesque acts, and uh, we're going on our ninth year now. So Dude, that's insane to think about that you guys have been doing that for that long. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm getting a little long in the tooth, so I don't know how much more is left in me. So, <laughs> well, that's hey. an exclusive. That's an Astro Radio Z exclusive. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> it's awesome though. It's I don't know something Milwaukee looks forward to every year. So. And absolutely, Eric does all our video stuff. So yeah, and he always knocks it out of the park. Oh yeah, it's always exciting. I mean, I haven't been involved in it for quite some time, but I always had a really great time when I went there. Yeah, it's uh, it's changed. It's it's much more mellow backstage now, Derek. You'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not. Hey, I'm not breaking kayfabe. To, <laughs> it's it's all good yeah, times. It's all good times. I'm not. I don't. I don't talk. I, I turn out of school. So <laughs> very good. <laughs> So last but not least is another person that I've known for quite some time. I see her every time I go to Cinema Wasteland in Strongsville, Ohio. We get into some nasty hijinks. Uh, much <laughs> liquor is, is drank. Stories that more than likely nobody ever wants to know. About. Well, they want to know about it, but we can't talk about it. Um, right. I've signed non-disclosure agreements. So, I mean, that's uh, it's neither here nor there. But, uh, Angelique, how are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. <laughs> so this is uh, this is the first time you've been involved with uh, 31 Days of Horror with us, right? Yeah, yeah. I was so excited to get your invite, and I felt like such a loser when I couldn't, you know, 
live up to the challenge. So, you know, hopefully I'll redeem myself a little bit tonight. <laughs> well, hey, it's called a challenge for a reason. If it wasn't a challenge, then it would just be 31 Days of Horror. But it, it, it really is once, you know, I, I know that most of the people here around my age, so I can say this, we all have lives. So True. You fit a movie in every single day when you have kids and you have a job and you have all sorts of other hijinks. To oh, try well, I mean, I just have this crazy rock and roll lifestyle, so I mean, you know. <laughs> Not all of us are. The rest of us are pretty boring. <laughs> we got to try and fit in a horror day, a horror movie every single day of the month. That becomes a challenge, so that's why I call it the 31 Days of Horror Challenge. Because at, at this point, at 38 years old, uh, getting a movie in every day. Toward the end, I'll be honest, that last week, I was like, oh, man. I have to watch a movie today. Uh." (laughs) Yeah, it's it's torture. It's torture. Well, I got to be honest, and let's just get right into it here. The first part of the show, we're going to talk about the best movies that each of us watched this month. And uh, usually, I'm pretty fly by the seat of my pants when it comes to what I'm watching uh, for the 31 days because I know some cats like Ian Davidson, uh, who's part of the Talks Without Rhythm podcast and if you were, if you guys any of you listeners actually followed the group or were a part of the group um, you saw that he posted a podcast every single day yep. and he had a list yeah. of what movies he was going to watch and they're all first time views. Some cats can do that. Me, I feel like that becomes a job. Like yep. if I have a list that I have to go by, I can't I can't do it. So every single day it's got to I got to be impulsive. I got to just be like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. It keeps it fresh for me and it and it allows myself to not feel like I'm tied to something. And uh there was I watched a lot of new stuff. I don't watch usually this much new stuff, but I did this year, and I was surprised by an awful lot of it. And it was really tough for me to come up with what I thought was the best movie that I saw this month because, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll just toss a few out there. I, I thought were really – I saw Deathgasm, which was a fucking uh, insanely fun uh, heavy metal horror film mixed with like Night of the Demons and it was a New Zealand movie so I mean it had that kind of Kiwi humor to it um, then I, I saw The Editor which was also a hell of a lot of fun The Final Girls also a hell of a lot of fun but the one movie I thought was great like stood head and shoulders above the rest because it felt like an actual horror film was Good Night Mommy I, I, I really thought that uh, of all the movies that I watched, and it's very rare nowadays to find a movie, and of course it's not an American film. Right. It's an Austrian mm-hmm. film. It had patience, it had atmosphere, it had great acting, and in the end, it I thought it was satisfying. It paid off. There, I know there were a lot of people that chimed in in the group because it wasn't, I believe Eric and, and Jay, you guys watched it as well, right? Simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys had a screening together that you watched it and it seemed like our opinion was was kind of the minority. It seemed like a lot of people were annoyed that uh the quote unquote twist of the film was too obvious and and for me that didn't detract from the film whatsoever. I thought it was of all the the films I've seen lately, at least the the new films, the horror films that have come out, it was Probably one of the better ones I've seen in a few years. What were you, what was your guys' opinion on that flick? Well, like I, I feel like the like the word twist is used a bit inappropriately in that context. Um, I kind of felt like it was more like a reveal 
And uh, I mean, obviously, I think you and I saw eye to eye on it as far as the it being very intentional from the directors. Um, Because, I mean, all it really ended up doing was making what came after that even that more, like, creepy and incredible. So, Yeah, I think I agree with you because it it felt like it was just building to the point where, you know, because I think the film itself is, if if the listeners aren't aware of what uh, this film's about, is about these, uh, these twins that are living with their mom who was in this accident. And she had to get reconstructive surgery on her face. And she comes home, and the and the boys question whether or not she's actually their mother. Right. And through the film, there's kind of this play that it, she isn't, and the boys are, are taking some diabolical means as to try and extract that information from her. And, and I think the power play, the re, like the twist, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it too much because that's not what this show is about. But I thought, as you put it, I thought the reveal, that's a great way to put it. Um, The reveal was kind of like a dynamic switch. And and I thought it worked very, very well. Jay? Yeah, I agree. That's what I was just going to say. I think the dynamic switch and how you see the mother and the sons, how you see them at the beginning of the movie completely changes at the end of the movie. So whatever the the reveal is – I think is secondary to that dynamic, that change in dynamics. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, yeah. I really, I, it was a great movie and I agreed to that where people, I got really frustrated looking at the feed and people saying that they saw the whatever coming a mile away. But again, if you look at the way the movie was made, the pacing, everything about it, it was great. I mean, it just, I mean, it really handled itself well. So even if you do see whatever you think it is coming at the end, I thought it was enjoyable all the way through. Yeah, I, mean, it paid I don't off. think that there was any, you know, at, at no point did, did, I, did I feel ripped off or anything like that. I mean, it's not The Visit, which we'll talk about later with my bad <laughs> movie, but, um, but yeah, but anyhow, I don't feel like I got Shyamalan in that one at all. I, I don't know. It, I was so engrossed in the movie that even though I thought I knew what was happening and whether I was right or wrong, it didn't matter because I was just like so into it. So yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a gorgeous film. There, the, It wasn't one of these Hollywood films where the score had to constantly tell you uh, what emotion to feel the entire time. It was basically scoreless other yeah. than like a, an atmospheric hum that went through it. So I thought it was super great, super tasteful. So Yeah, that's what I was going to touch upon, too, is uh, the use of sound in there was just incredible. Um, like, that it was barely there, but then when it was, it was very impactful and, uh, you know, really added to that layer of creepiness to the to the whole film. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know if anyone has ever seen Borgman. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Borgman, to me, uh, it felt real. Like, it kind of had that same vibe. It First did. off, they had these amazing houses which i just want to move to these countries for their great houses that they have yeah. <laughs> but um it just kind of had that same vibe where you're just following it through and just like you're you're on the ride the whole way i i, I mean yeah it was great uh, yeah i can't say enough good things about that movie uh, we have a couple new guests that finally popped on in mr glenn bittner and scott davis yeah frequent <laughs> contributors to astro radio z so let's go ahead and move on uh to the next person scott while we're focusing on you, why don't you tell uh, the listeners what your the best movie you saw was? A uh, 1963 Italian Gothic horror film called, which in America went under the name of Tomb of Torture. Huh. Uh, 
I know, yeah, everybody's drawing a blank. <laughs> I have not heard of this one. That usually sounds like my wheelhouse. Eric, have you heard yeah, this one? I, I haven't heard of this one either. This is, just, this is just some wild movie. Um, see, here's the thing is that I love all kinds of horror films and stuff. There's some, like, trends that I kind of shy away from. Like, I have nothing wrong with, like, down endings, but I shy away from cheap nihilism forever, for instance. <laughs> um, you know, where they're just trying to be shocking and stuff. But... Okay, it, it opens up with these uh, two women, w- young girls, walking through the European countryside. They see a decaying castle and, of course, decide to explore it because that's what you do. You just yep. break and enter into a castle. And, of course, they come across, like, this giggling and deformed, like, monster hunchback creature who uh, tortures them and kills them and stuff like that. And Do they get naked beforehand, at least? I was going to ask, are they, are they naked? Because that's important. This is 1963, so unfortunately not. So they're just um, topless, not completely naked. They're <laughs> <laughs> You're really pushing it. We're really pushing for it. Come on, we have we have we have a demand for a director's cut here. Um, okay. the, uh, but yeah, so, so they're like, then they're trying to investigate the deaths of these uh, girls and everything, and there's been horrible things happening around this castle for years. Turns out this countess was murdered within its walls and supposedly hid a treasure, and now there's this uh, woman, this young girl who is supposedly the reincarnation of the countess, and the, her father, who's a psychiatrist, is trying to force her to, you know, relive the final moments of the countess's life so that they can solve the murder of, of the countess. And it's just one of those films where the film has every little gothic horror thing that they could throw in there. It's got the castle, it's got the hunchback, it's got like a psychotic people, it's got people coming from strange lands with secret motives. It's, you've got this dumb fuck of a, a protagonist who comes in there as a, and sweeps the girl off her feet because... He's a guy. Um, and, uh, you have uh, uh, inept police officers. You have like uh, past life regression. People hallucinating and seeing strange visions of torture devices, and people in suits of armor slicing people up. It's and it's like I just love films like this. I mean, they just to me these things like bring up all the joy of like a, like a, a good Saturday matinee horror. And uh, so this is what it is. Uh, I believe believe in Italy. I'm gonna, I ha- don't know Italian guys, but Metafizo? Metafizo? I don't know. Look it up. But uh, in <laughs> America, it's called Tomb of Torture. And if you look up the reviews, the reviews are always saying that it's nothing special. So maybe I'm alone in this one, but I just had a great time with the movie. Dude, so. that's how I feel about like that whole setup, the way you yeah. just described it, sound like most Jean Roland films. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, this, but John Rolling, John Rolling films are, um, and I love John Rolling. Those films are very arty, uh, very erotic, and uh, very, you know, very, very kind of surreal. This, and this one, is more cheap. This is more. This is this feels like uh, the Poe film that Corman didn't make. Wow. That's what this film feels like. Except, of course, it's in black and white. But you know, oh, so so if you like were to like cross like say like a Corman Poe film with Black Sunday, with um, maybe like a couple William Castle cheapies. That's what the, the kind of vibe you're going to get from this. Cool, cool. Tomb of Torture sounds like a solid one. Eric, go ahead. Give us your best one. 
Um, yeah, it was hard for me to narrow down this year, too. Um, I ended up seeing a lot of Sasquatch films, which was odd. Uh, <laughs> Urban Sasquatch was great. Uh, Demon Warp was really awesome. Uh, the movie I picked, though, that I wanted to talk about was The uh, Oregonian, uh, by, uh, directed by Kelvin Reeder. He also did a movie called The Rambler, which this shared a lot of similarities with. Um, and again, uh, is one of those... Both of these films are kind of like films that people just seem to not really care much about for, but um, I thought it was pretty awesome. Like, the basic synopsis is a girl gets in a car accident and wanders through the woods and a lot of weird stuff just starts happening. Uh, it kind of felt like a near-death experience thing, the whole movie, but... Um, sure. The way I put it in my review is that it kind of plays out like Twin Peaks on crack. Nice. Kelvin Reader did like a, a short film called Pile Driver, which was pretty awesome too. Uh, that the video with Coco Beware. What's up? All right, that's my rest. <laughs> there's a sorry. There is a wrestling video called Pile Driver. Coco Beware. The oh. Birdman sings oh no 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 no. Yeah. I caught that red fruits. I got. I bought that record for for a friend of mine. Actually. <laughs> sorry. Wait, sorry, Eric. No 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 yeah no. Pile Driver is just like a dark romantic comedy. Like um, that was pretty awesome. So like he just he has a lot of good style in his films, and I guess that's what I responded most to about it. So, yeah, you tend to gravitate more towards kind of like art house horror when you when you pick. I I've noticed uh, at least in the past, like you're a big possession fan, right? Oh yeah, huge possession fan. Yeah, yeah. that's one of my all time favorites. So, what was the name of this one again? I've never heard of this one. Uh, the Oregonian came out in 2011. Okay, all right, yeah. cool. That sounds great. I'm, you know, honestly, if you would have said Suburban Sasquatch, you and I probably would have been sitting and talking about that for a while because that movie is one of the <laughs> most hilarious things I've ever seen in my entire life. I yeah, that was great. my favorite as far as like uh, the inept filmmaking award would go to. That <laughs> was definitely my favorite watch. So. I love Suburban Sasquatch. So cool. The Oregonian sounds like a real fun one as well. Angelique, you ready? Yeah, let's um my my best was a classic um Tales from the Crypt seventy two. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Oh man, I hadn't seen that since I was a kid and like every feeling that I had when I was a child came back and my roommates were just staring at me while I'm watching this, like pumping my fist in the air going, Yes, Pantone Red, yes. You know? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, um so that was just that whole experience, because I mean, well, I do like the Crypt Keeper. I hate the, you know, me, you know, and all that jazz. I'm just like, give me the story, just give me the story, and and take your puppet away, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, our favorite is uh, the one with the Junk Man, mm-hmm. with uh, Peter Cushing, and and those horrible valentines and i'm just screaming at the movie you asshole you killed that old man <laughs> <laughs> i always remember but, the, the one story i always remember is obviously the the santa claus one. Oh yeah. yeah those little santa bells jingle 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 mommy i let him in no yeah right exactly you you deserve this lady no it's just such a, a, a I like to have fun when I'm watching a movie. You know, the worst thing a movie can be to me is boring. Right. Anything mm-hmm. else in the world can happen, but if it's boring, I'm done. So it's just a good time to me. Yeah, that's cool. We'll talk about boring when we talk about the worst <laughs> films we've watched. Because I have a doozy. Uh, but uh, but, but uh, uh, question question about this because I, I and you got to forgive me because I've 
I've seen both Tales of the Crypt and Vault of Horror, but I saw them about 10, 15 years ago. Which is it either, is it Crypt or Vault of Horror that has the one where they bring the guy back to life, uh, but he's brought back with all like the embalming fluid in him? That is Tales from the Crypt 72. Um, oh, it's, that that's thing. the fourth story, I think. It's kind of like Monkey's Paw. There's this Fu Manchu jade statue, yes. and the woman's like, I want a lot of money, and her husband dies, and I want him back forever. And he's in the coffin, and he's all blue and screaming, and they cut him open, and there's these wonderful latex intestines that are just bleh. And they now yeah. know that he, all the pieces of them are going to be... this. That, that yeah. thing messed me up when I saw <laughs> it, man. I, and I love that. I thought it was great. Well, as I, as I say to the people that I work with quite often, words are important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so be very careful what you wish for. <laughs> Is anyone else here uh, familiar with this flick? I saw it a long time ago. Um, I hadn't remembered it until Scott uh, brought up the uh, guy coming back from the dead. Cause I remember that one. Yeah. Well, my favorite one is the last one with the blind men and that horrible, horrible general or whatever comes with his pet German shepherd and they start starving the blind men while he's up in his office drinking freaking Chianti and eating prime rib and they box him in and they box the dog in and I, I had vague memories of it, like I had nightmares about it, of the walls with the razor blades sticking out that the oh, blind yeah. men built and he has and they get closer together and he's cutting himself and then they open the door that's got the dog and they've been starving the dog so it smells the blood and gets into a frenzy and the guy has to run back through the razor blades oh brutal but wonderful mm-hmm. uh, this movie oddly came up quite a bit on my feed this this year and i think a lot of it has to do with there's there's a bunch of other podcasts that we're talking about the newer uh, Tales from the Crypt. Well, I knew where I mean the '90s t- television series. Right. Um, but there's there's a lot of similarities between the two because I it, the only difference is is this movie feels more like Hammer Horror. Yes. Than, than right. the '90s it, movies. It is. My friends say it's all limey time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just a certain sensibility. There's a gothic sensibility to it where the '90s version felt m- way more rooted in the '90s. There was more gore. It was more in your face. Um, more comedy too. Yep. Yeah. Where the the gothic sensibilities of Hammer or like the British system definitely came through in in the old Tales from the Crypt film. That was definitely pretty. I mean, that movie is gorgeous, regardless of if it's a scary scene or if they're just you know walking through the living room adjusting the tinsel on the Christmas tree. This beautiful and it's shot in that that same vein that well we're going to show you what we can do uh freddie francis directed that movie and that guy in addition to being a good director good actor he was like solid cinematographer as well Um, he shot he shot the thing too i I don't know if he shot this one i'm I'm looking up right now so i don't sound like a complete idiot um which too late yeah but uh he well he shot a lot of films though i mean I mean, Freddie Francis. The, let, let's face it. The guy who direct. No, I don't. He didn't direct. He didn't shoot uh, Tales from the Crypt. But the, let's face it. The guy in the director's chair is the same person who did the cinematography for The Innocents, The Elephant Man, mm-hmm. Sons and Lovers. I mean, in addition to being an accomplished director himself for both uh, Hammer and Amicus. I mean, yeah. dude, dude ruled. Yeah, and this was an Amicus <laughs> film, if I be- if I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, Tales from the Crypt 72, amazing pick. Jay, your turn. Have at it, man. 
you know, we watch a lot of movies. It's hard to narrow it down. It really is. But um, I got to go with a standard for me, at least. I love, and I hadn't seen it in a couple years, but had a chance to revisit it. I love Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, there you yes. go. It is simple, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It is just a great fantasy, simple movie. It's a popcorn movie. It reminds me of being a kid. Um, just everything about it. I, I just, I love it. I love it so much. I, it gives me, like, what, I just get happy when I watch it, which is probably not the best thing when you're watching a horror movie uh, to feel happy, <laughs> but it just it just makes me feel like a kid again. And it's a simple story. Um, there's nothing too deep about it. I love that it's told uh, with the sister. I love how she bookends with a little opening uh, monologue and ends the movie with the monologue. And, I mean, the last shot in the movie is the brother and sister just like hugging each other, smiling. And it's like, wow, that, I don't know. I, like I say, it's just something I really love. Gary Busey at his best, mm-hmm. uh, just a, so much fun. I, I have two perfectly functioning legs and I would kill for Corey Hames wheelchair. I would <laughs> that thing around if I could. Um, I mean, it just is so great. And it's one of those movies that, uh, you know, I think, people look down on it sometimes just because it was in that era where, you know, there was just a lot of stuff, a lot of horror movies coming out and it seemed kind of like Diamond Dozen. But for my money for a, a werewolf movie, that is absolutely one of my favorites, hands down. So yeah, I agree with yeah, you. I, just dude. Love, yeah, I, I absolutely love that movie. So yeah, that was one of those that I've, I remember when I was a kid watching a lot and being right. freaked out by it. Like that, that reveal of that werewolf. I remember when I was a kid flipped me out. I love, I mean, just, it's a movie too, where I, and I don't know, I'm not going to win father of the year awards, but uh, <laughs> when I took my nine year old to go see the beyond at midnight at the times, yeah, I don't win father. Of the <laughs> nice. <laughs> But this, so I, so I'll dial it back and say this is the kind of movie I can show my kids when they're young, and it's still good. It's scary, but it's not overly scary. It's yeah. It just it's just a like I say, it's a great kids horror movie in my opinion. So no, it's is it PG thirteen? No, it's R. It's a solid R. It's a solid R. Yeah. It's. I will say this first of all. You're a much more fun dad than my dad. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> and second of all, I did note that like in even when it when I when it came out, it was like uh, one of those R-rated movies that for some reason I was allowed to watch. I don't know why, because I mean it is quite bloody. It's on cable an awful lot. But uh, the um, but we've got rented it and. It's one of the very, very rare horror films because my mother always like hated it, the horror stuff. My dad doesn't understand it. My mother loved this movie, and I could watch it with her. I mean, and it's that's not. It, it almost sounds like that dilutes the power of it, but no. This this is really. I don't know why this does not get mentioned along with the greatest adaptations of Stephen King's work because it really is one of the absolute best. It's one of the few works that actually surpasses the work on which it's based on, which is the Cycle of the Werewolf novella, which is perfectly good. Mm-hmm. Silver Bullet's better. <laughs> but I think you nailed it on the head. It's it's a movie, I think, that appealed across the 
the ages, you know, like my, my dad loved the movie. My mom watched the movie. We watched the movie. I think it had that fantastical feel to it that felt more inviting than scary. I mean, there's definitely some scary stuff and some gory stuff, but I think we all looked at it and we're like, wow, this is real. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun story. And like I say, it's just something real nice and simple and it's easy. So, and, and also the children are the heroes. You know, exactly. they try they try to go to the adults and say, hey, there's some messed up stuff going on, and here's what we think it is. Can you help us? And they get totally shot down, even by the, the one adult they can truly trust. And then they end up saying, well, you know what? We're going to do this, and you can participate or not. And they save the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I lo- well, you can't help but love it based on the cast alone. I mean, mm-hmm. you got Gary Busey, you got Corey Haim, you got Everett McGill, who I think is so unsung, one of the truly unsung bit players in all of genre film. I love every single time he pops up. He is the werewolf, and he is fucking creepy as yeah. hell yep. in that movie. And Louis Tierney. Yeah. I, I mean, just oh, another yeah. great, great character, you know, just, just to see him in there as the bartender, the barkeep is, <laughs> is great. Yeah, just yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah, that's a great pick, Jay. Great pick. Silver Bullet, 1985. I'm a huge werewolf fan, so, of course, that, you know, tugs on my heartstrings quite. quite and there are not enough <laughs> good werewolf films. No, there really no, there aren't. aren't. There really aren't, and I get in arguments all the time about because werewolf films are like one of my favorite subgenres. I love mm-hmm. werewolf films. Um, if you guys haven't seen Late Phases yet, it's one yeah. of the best ah. newer newer you ones. Just, love you that. Just beat, you beat me to it, Derek. I was just gonna say Late Phases for a modern hor- uh, werewolf film is fantastic. Yeah, great, great flick. Mark, why don't you go next, my friend? Well, uh, this year for uh, the challenge, I really wanted to try to just watch all new horror uh, and, and and more recent stuff, too, because I usually tend to lean towards the older stuff. And I did it in a few of them, but for me, I will say one of them, and there was many. I was just like Derek. There's a lot. To, there, there was actually a number of them to choose from, but the one that I, wanna, I wanted to bring to the table was The Final Girls. Oh, yeah. I really need to see this. And and you do. And if for anyone who doesn't know what the final girls is, it's gotten a huge buzz. And usually some of the hype you see come out of the festival. Some of these are hit or miss. You're like, yeah, I don't know about that. But this one, it hits on all the right notes. This is a retro. This is a modern film giving an ode to the retro films, but doing it in a unique way and doing it right. Uh, basically, we get a story of a, a girl whose mom is a scream queen, and she's a, she's a struggling actress now because of the roles she did early on, and one of them was a slasher film. And, and it's this is in the synopsis, too. Her mom dies, and uh, while watching one of her mom's films in this theater, she ends up, her and her friends end up getting pulled into the movie. And so they're into the 
actual movie that her mom was in. And so they have <laughs> they realize that they're doing this and all the while you got the killer there and it goes through all the tropes and they gotta come up with a way of how they got there. The world building was fantastic in this for one. I, I mean it really I mean we've seen it kind of in Zombie Land and we've seen it, you know, kind of with Scott Pilgrim and that where they kind of do this kind of surreal world. It's similar to that vein, but this has a lot of heart to it, too. Whereas a lot of those old movies seem to be doing it just to go, oh, look how many references we put in. They they, they put those references in here, but there's a whole lot of heart in it. I mean, there's a there's some touching scenes in here. There's there's just some meat to it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel mean spirited in the least. Well, it's uh, a PG thirteen movie. Let's it, let's yeah, throw that PG, out there. It's a PG thirteen movie, though they do get away with some interesting shots, even for PG thirteen. Um, so they do it as PG thirteen as well. So you know you you are missing out on some of the the uh, telltale gore and and tropes of that, but. Really, all the performances in here, uh, you've got a great performance and a strong female lead in uh, uh, Taissa Farmiga. I always I always mispronounce her name, but she was fantastic in it. Uh, Malin Ackerman plays uh, her mom, and uh, she's fantastic. This young cast did really well with it, uh, and I highly recommend it to you know anybody who who's looking for a decent new horror film that you know it's a send-up film uh this one should be on your list because it's enjoyable it is pg-13 so you can watch you know you can have some somewhat younger ones look at it you know watch it too uh no real gore in there but just fun and touching and i'm a little bit of a sap occasionally i will say (laughs) but but it it did. It surprised. I will say it surprised me. At first off, I thought it was just going to be a, a shtick of, oh, we're thrown into you know a retro film and we're going to hit all the tropes. But they do some really wild things in here. But there's also just a really good character development in here. And yeah, I I was surprised by it. I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Derek? I I absolutely this, it was a contender like it was either this or Goodnight Mommy that was my favorite movie that I watched uh, this month and I watched this right after I had seen Lost After Dark and Lost After Dark is another one of these modern movies where they're attempting to make it be an 80s slasher film. So they have all the same visual tics, all the same tropes, um, it, but that where that film felt dishonest and tired and cliche, um, this film felt fresh and, and felt um, legitimate. Like this, uh, this film, more than anything, is fun. There, mm-hmm. it's it, from frame one to the very end of it. I had a smile on my face, um, and I really don't think it would carry the weight that it does if you didn't have a genuinely touching relationship between the lead and her mom in this film. It's like cliche is kind of sappy as this sounds, it really pulls on the heartstrings. Like they do a really great job with those two characters and having it set in this world where it's in the eighties, um, it has an awful lot of solid jokes that aren't tied to references. That's a big thing with me. Like if your film is going to be a gimmick film and all it is, is referencing other shit. 
you've lost me. If it doesn't have solid jokes, like Adam Devine is in this from Oh God. And that dude's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he plays the Adam plays the cliche jock character to such a T you swear he was ripped from an eighties film. I mean <laughs> just... Well the thing is half of the film doesn't even feel like a slasher film to be honest. No, no it doesn't. Uh, they they turn they turn the dime on the film so many times that it starts off one thing and then turns into something else completely. So that's what kept it fresh for me. I agree with you completely, Mark. This was a contender for me. Who else saw this flick? Um, Nobody. No. <laughs> well, it should be on your list. Like I said, it surprised me uh, quite a bit. And yeah, I think you're right. Derek, I think you hit it there, is that a number of these throwback films, as good as they might be in that, uh, not all of them feel genuine. They feel like just how many references can we pack into a movie? And this one just felt genuine. It felt honest. It felt like they wanted to tell a story and they used an 80s horror film as a backdrop rather than the 80s horror film being the story and then everything else being the backdrop. Right. Well, it helps yeah. that it's a, it's also beautifully shot. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, the thing looks like a million bucks. It's, well, it's a really good flick. And so many of these, you know, again, I need, haven't seen it. I need to see the movie. But, I mean, so many of these homages, as they call them, to 70s and 80s things, I mean, they're done by people who don't even seem to have any real knowledge of what they're either sending up or honoring. Mm -hmm. uh, all they do is they put in, like, the little grainy filter on their editing program and say, look, I made a Grindhouse film. <laughs> uh, you sure did, Chief. You sure did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or you know they they just don't they just don't get it and it's I'm really um, even more into seeing this when you talk about the relationships because I'm all for horror movies being fun I mean movieocrity the whole show is basically like why aren't more of these films uh, just pure entertainment value but that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice character development I mean that's is absolutely crucial to making a memorable film right. Absolutely, and another uh, actor that's in this is the girl who played maybe in Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. uh, she has a great role in this flick as well. So honestly, great pick, Mark. Final Girls, really solid one. Everyone should definitely check that out. Just came out on VOD in the last month. Perfect, <laughs> solid stuff. And, and I just want to add real quick, this one surprised me that it didn't get a wide release because the budget, the production looked very crisp, very clean. There's some great effects in here. I, For what I've seen recently in modern horror to be wide released, I'm talking about you, The Gallows. Why the hell this film wasn't wide released, I couldn't tell you because this one – I could see it having a huge audience, touching yeah. a huge audience. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tragedy. Um, let's go ahead and finish this out, the good stuff, with Mr. Glenn Bittner. Have at it, my friend. This was actually hard for me to pick a favorite because I watched a lot of good ones uh, this year, which is unusual because generally my October is full of lots of bad ones. <laughs> but I went with Starry Eyes. Oh, nice. I love that flick, dude. Just I, I thought it was such a fantastic movie, especially I, I just thought that uh, Alexandra Esso, I think, mm -hmm. is the one who plays Sarah, the lead character. I thought she did such a phenomenal job acting in this one and i just like the story the whole you know the whole kind of you know what how far would you go to to you know realize your dream 
and in this case, you know, pretty pretty goddamn far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole angle of like, there's so many movies out there that are the struggling actress that that gets that break, but then regrets it and bad things happen. Uh, there's a lot of those type of movies, but this one, I agree with you, Glenn. This movie was creepy as fuck. The performances were solid, and it, yeah. it was a genuinely great flick. Yeah, I really and, enjoyed it too. It got so much flack, though, which I don't understand. Because I mean, I really enjoyed it. Well, people don't like to don't like to talk about things they like anymore. They like to bitch about everything. So I don't under I I didn't understand the flack on this whatsoever. Glenn, what was it about this flick that really sold you? Was it the performances? The performances. I also felt it was just it was unnerving. Um, watching what as as she changed, it just kind of. I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with me because there, there's the horror that actually happens in the film, but then there's just the horror, too, of, of the real-life thing of how people change when they achieve success. Right. You know, it's kind of that under that undertone to it where all this stuff that was in your life before, your old friends, all that stuff, that's bullshit, doesn't mean anything to you anymore. That is your old life. You don't care about that anymore. It's garbage to you. It's dead to you. Yep. And that there, because, I mean, I've had friends who have, not to the point where they become like a famous actor or anything like that, but just I've had friends who have, you know, they've hit that, that little bit of jackpot of success. And they're, everything that was before, you know, I'm not friends with them anymore because they don't, that's not their life anymore. They have, they have better friends now who have more money and, you know, who are, you know, successful like they are. And that kind of struck a big chord with me because that's that's a real thing people do. You know, they turn on their friends like that when when there's, you know, something like success or money involved. Not everyone, but some people do. I like it when not everything is spelled out perfectly for me. Right. Uh, right there's uh, a lot of I think a lot of that comes from is that this is a very heavily Italian influenced film. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, from and, the soundtrack and, to the gore to to the the satanic cult angle that's in the flick, heavily even influenced. even the way that the the director produced for me. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I apologize, but the you know the closed office that looming presence that mm-hmm. was really hearkening back to some old school stuff. Yeah, and and someone else pointed out to me who a friend of mine who I turned this on to watched, and they aside from just the satanic thing, they felt that there's possibly even some Lovecraft influence to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. The whole transformation thing. Um, so all of that just just really was awesome for me, and I like the fact that five people can watch this and five people can get five different ideas of of what is actually going on. I mean, there's the overall thing of, you know, her making some kind of deal, but, you know, what does she become at the end? Who are these people actually? And all that stuff is, is it's not just simply spelled out that, you know, they don't sit there and, and spell out every detail. I hate the, I hate foreshadowing that is more of a four hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, I agree I'm, with you. On the surface, it's like a really simple production, but it's just one of those films. It's a really great example of an excellent character transformation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there's been other films that have kind of done the whole body decay thing lately, like Contracted. Um, did oh, I hated kind of a, that movie. I hated that movie. Oh my too. god! Was, there were there's a simple there's simplicity, and then there's one note, 
and <laughs> I think contracted for me for my bang for a buck, it was just it was too one note. And it was I, a one I, bad note. Yeah, and I didn't quite by the end of it, I was just like, well, I just there was an hour and a half that just went by. In Starry Eyes, I didn't feel that. I felt there was a lot of depth there. I thought the style was was dead on. I, I really liked that flick. So, um, yeah. Starry Eyes, solid pick. That will wrap it up for the best of movies. So prepare yourselves, folks. The second half of our episode is going to be a lot of bitching, a lot of moaning, and a lot of yucks. So let's take a short music break, and we'll be right back.
And we're back, folks. Here we are. We're ready to bitch and moan, get off our chest. The absolute worst thing that each of us watched this month for 31 Days of Horror. In in past years, because of, as I explained, I fly by the seat of my pants. I watch a lot of really shitty movies in the 31 Days of Horror. And this year was no different. There was quite a few. There was actually, because of kind of, I sometimes I go and I go through those Walmart horror um, five packs, 30 packs, what have you. Um, I always inevitably watch some of the worst fucking shit I've ever seen. Um, but I'm going to leave mine up till last. I want to hear my friend Jay Gilke go off on uh, what he thought was the worst film he had watched this year. So, Jay, go for it. I want to say this year, I've watched a lot of bad movies this year, but for 31 Days of Horror, the one movie that drove me crazy was The Visit. That M. Night Shyamalan disaster, in my opinion. Two children who are completely unbearable and annoying and just, uh, you wanted to punch them from the minute they were on the screen. They weren't precocious. They weren't fun. They were just absolutely obnoxious. They're making a movie, or the, 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 the sister is making a movie, about their first time that they're going to meet their grandparents. So they go and visit their grandparents. And, of course, there's some Shyamalan magic in there that something twist or reveal happens. And I hope this doesn't sound hypocritical, but in the way that Goodnight Mommy, you might have got the reveal, but the movie carried you through, it's done so lazily in the visit that, it's the served to you on a platter and they basically tell you it right out of the gates or at one point when they, after, right after they meet the grandparents, that it just becomes infuriating. I'm not a big fan of found footage movies because I'm always curious why when something crazy is happening, you're carrying a camera with you. Yeah. Right. Like I just, I, I, and I get it. Like the girl was filming, making her movie, but she was like 12 or 13 in the film. And she was, uh, she was talking like, I need to get the shot that expresses the emotion of the moment. And you're like, no one talks. (laughs) Oh, barf. When they're that age. I need need that one magic shot that will tie this movie together for me. And it's like you're 13 using like an HD camera. You're not shooting like a real docu. Oh, I just, it was, it was terrible. And everything was like that. The brother is, thinks he's uh, like a white rapper. Oh, Oh, God. Is this serious? Yes. And so the whole movie, like he wants his grandparents to refer to him as something like G dog or something. It's just, uh, it, was, it was so obnoxious. And, this doesn't sound legit. Is this yeah, really- I mean, I should have been tipped off when my in-laws told me that they liked it. <laughs> oh, that was a scary one, Jay. You should, you'll like it. It's a scary one. Oh, I'm crying. Um, about it at all. Um, they introduce, like, and this doesn't give anything away. They introduce in one scene that the brother is a germaphobe, and then in the very next scene, they're playing um, hide and go seek, and he's crawling on his hands and knees in a crawl space underneath the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's no germs under there. What are you talking about? Yeah, so you know, and then 
And then you don't hear about it for the rest of the movie. And then the very last scene, basically the climax, brings back the germaphobe thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that was something. I mean, I could go on and on about this. Um, And then when you see Shyamalan make his appearance in the movie – like you just want to jump at the screen and strangle him as you see him. As, oh, uh, it, he it, has it, a Hitchcock moment. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. He did that. He did that in a lot of his movies. Right, you know? right. It is. Um, I mean, it is really troubling. Um, so you're saying, so you're, so you're saying that the brother like foresees the problem that he might have with germs in the same way the aliens and signs foresaw the problem they might have with water. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so, and this doesn't give anything away about the movie, but the movie ends, and I guess you could say seriousness. I was groaning and like, this is stupid. Um, the movie ends with like the, okay, this happens, here you go, and everyone's family's family, and then the credits start to roll, and it says, my brother wanted me to include this in the movie, and they proceed to show three minutes of the young brother rapping to a camera stationarily, like set up like a stationary in their bedroom. Oh, good. And it's not funny. It's obnoxious. <laughs> it's it's the it doesn't even. I, I mean, oh, it just it drives me crazy just thinking about it. I'm so he's it. rapping about his hard life as a twelve year old on the streets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I would suggest watch five minutes of it just to see the the sister, how she talks. And I would never condone violence against a woman or a young girl, but (laughs) (laughs) this one pushes the limit. Yes, this one. Honestly, it was just. I I I will forego. I will forego my van against women and children. (laughs) You know, it's it's an interesting thing when I walk out of the movie theater. I go. Well, come to think of it, the happening was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I have not. I gotta be honest. I have not watched one of his films since Lady in the Water. That movie made me like. I said, "Fuck it, you're done, dude. I'm checking you off the list. We're no yeah. longer following each other." Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not good. I, I don't, yeah, it's not good. So uh, that's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of mixed things. Did anyone else see this flick? No. I did, but not I'm yet, not saying no. anything. I was My, impressed with the uh, the promo campaign he had, though. <laughs> I yeah, saw, pretty pretty I, solid I, campaign. I saw this, but I'm not saying anything. Did you like it? <laughs> I found a lot of humor in it, and I don't know. Maybe I because I went in with very low expectations. I mean, I knew the twist was coming, and I kind of saw it, but. <sighs> I didn't take it as a serious horror film. In all honesty, I took it as M. Night's thumb to his critics and such, and that he was speaking through the like the white kid, and he was speaking through the daughter. When I was watching it, I I, I guess I had such low expectations that I came out of it going, you know what? I found some things entertaining. Yeah, the the kid couldn't rap, but at the same time, the critics, you know, the, the criticism that the the kid said he was facing, I'm like. It's the number of things people have said about M. Night's projects. And the way she talks, if you've ever seen M. Night's uh, early films, like when he was a kid, he kind of talked like that. So, um, I don't know. I guess I just didn't take it as a a serious horror film. 
as I, someone I, who's not that familiar with his background, yeah, like it just has taken at face value. It was the drizzling shits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. I, I fully expected people not to like it. And like I said, I went in there expecting really to hate it, but I found a lot of amusement in it. But I think I just looked at it at a different angle, you know, uh, or expectation or no expectation. But I know a lot of people who felt the same way you did about it, you know. But maybe it was because I came off just watching, I think it was called The Gallows. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, another found footage film, which to me was just even more painful to watch. And so after coming off of that, this one at least had a decent, uh, it had not decent, but a, a coherent story. Uh, well, let me, let me ask this then, because I going to see this, I had just watched unfriended, which by the way, I'm waiting for one of us to get killed at any moment now. Uh, oh, no. Actually, I'll be honest. I thought unfriended wasn't that bad. I liked unfriended. I thought I was going to hate it. And I went in much, much like Mark did with the lowest, possible expectation my son wanted to watch it i was like oh i can't how am i gonna stare at this for two hours exactly and it carried through and i was fine with it so i actually went into the visit i thought fairly low expectations Mm -hmm. um but what i'm what i'm finding as an old man now (laughs) the, the, the characters that were endearing in the 80s like and just as a quick aside like when I watch Friday Thirteenth Part Four, which is probably one of my all-time favorite movies, I love the teddy bear character and the Crispin Glover character. Like, there's something endearing about those characters as much as they're the shitty smoke weed and get killed after having sex teenagers that they are. There's something endearing when I see young people, children, teenagers portrayed in movies now. I just want to fucking kill them all right away. Like, <laughs> they're obnoxious. And- exactly. That that they don't have that. They are obnoxious in their own way, but it's more. You know, okay, this kid is genuinely quirky, but knows that they've got this special relationship with their parents or whatever. You know, they can smart off, but still, at the end of the day, they're still respectful. I guess. Right. Right. You know? They're not so shallow. I think a lot of the characters now, the the kids in these movies, are super shallow. And I was fully expecting Unfriended to be just, just like you said, the drizzling shits, where you're just watching a bunch of kids in a chat room virtually for ninety minutes, and all I wanted to say was. Shut off your fucking phone. Close yeah. your laptop. You're mm-hmm. done. It's over. I That's always, it. And I always, I always think that the kids in these movies are, um, and you know, maybe this is just me being overly sensitive. I don't know, but like, you know, you always had like the a couple characters in the older films. Not saying that those films were so fantastic. Often they weren't. But you always had like a couple of those kids. Like, yeah, that would be like the jerk character and stuff like that. But. <laughs> These ones, it seems like almost all of them are so mean to each other in right. these movies. Yes. Well, is it, am I just being like overly sensitive to that? It just it, always seems like they're that like they're always putting each other down. They're always stabbing each other in the back. Well, well it, it's this, a frustration thing that I've had quite some time watching horror films. It's one of the things that stands out for me all the time is how quickly in these modern horror films, friends turn on each other. Yeah. Just yeah. For the, but it's just for the, you, you know, it's put in there surely for the fact of trying to plot, you know, drive the plot or, or drive some conflict in there, but it's conflict for the sake of conflict because they'll either be a, a bad, you know, they'll either turn on 
each other quickly, or you'll have the girlfriend who just suddenly turn. I mean, you know, you're looking at this going, why are these people even with each other? Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't obviously don't. None of them like each other very much. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, a, a funny one for me. Um, and I, not the tangent on this one, but like, um, my son wanted to watch Insidious three. So we saw that. And if I, has anyone seen that by chance? It's on my, it's on my list. Cause I didn't enjoy I, the first. So the, the girl in Insidious three, um, she gets hit by a car cause she's taking a goddamn selfie in the middle of the street, like an idiot. I'm like, I don't care that she's her legs are in casts or she's all casted up, and I hope the ghost kills her because she's super <laughs> irresponsible taking a goddamn selfie in the middle of the street. <laughs> right. Get these damn kids off my lawn. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Bring me back when you do the old man podcast. When you complain about kids. What are you that, talking that, about? That, Astro that, Radio that, Z is the old man that's podcast. Mark, that's actually Mark's line. The get off my lawn moment. He calls them. <laughs> it's go. like you know. It's like you're saying. You know, they all stab each other in the back. You know, they're. I, I've heard whispers. I don't know if you guys have about them possibly trying to remake the Monster Squad, yeah. and there's no way you can do that with the entire squad trying to just screw each other over. No. Right. Or on their phone the entire time taking selfies and and playing games. What do you? Right. I mean. Also, also, you also the Monster Squad. You you wouldn't get a bunch of kids who are into like the old Universal and Hammer monsters. You know, you'd get them. If they were, if they considered themselves retro, like yeah, I watch really old movies, like Saw. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nobody would be wearing the Stephen King rules shirt. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, the visit. I, it's a very divisive film. I've heard uh, arguments on both sides for that one. So there's Jay's pick. Eric, you're up next. Uh, mine is is. It was pretty pretty rough, more or less like a trying film to watch. Um, Nightmare Weekend. I've not heard of this one. What is this one? I've heard okay. of this one. I need to see this one. Actually, it's on my list. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe I, not after this, but yeah, I've like, really, you know, like poorly made films, but this one just got really really wearing to watch. But it started out awesome, where there's like a weird computer that some scientists made for his daughter that's controlled by a puppet, and. Uh, then there's this bar where people just keep seeming to go in and hooking up with each other, and it like has a lot of softcore elements to it. But then like the whole oh. back end of the movie is literally just like softcore scene after softcore scene. Uh. Eventually, people turn into mutants, and by that point, I was just kind of checked out. So, dude, um, you're selling me on this flick. The, the description <laughs> sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, I know. It sounds like my Thursday, so I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was just a super long, boring uh, softcore scenes. Yeah, the back end just got really, really kind of boring to watch, and the the pacing just literally. Got weird. So, yeah. Did you watch this one too, Jay? No, I just I like that he said the back end got boring to watch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds like the witchcraft movies. To be honest, it's kind of the same thing where you have these ridiculous setups and they just get derailed because it's nothing but a succession of softcore, really horribly shot, boring softcore scenes. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. This and like, explains... I mean, even if you go on IMDb, you can find a review from somebody who claimed to be an online producer, and it just sounds like the whole production was some crazy thing where the the script kept getting rewritten from French um, and then converted into really bad English. So, I mean, it just sounded like an interesting ride of a production. This explains why uh, I think Nightmare Weekend, the reason why it's on my list, I think it just popped up on the Exploitation TV streaming service. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. so, it was put out by Vinegar Syndrome recently. Oh, so. oh yeah. There so, you go. Then, then yeah. definitely. So, yeah, no no softcore sex there. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's their shtick. Like, every last flick I've gotten from Vinegar Syndrome has been just nothing but sleaze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, typically, I, I really appreciate what they do, um, and they, they do put out some cool stuff, but yeah, this one was, was a bit rough. It was a dud. Yeah, well, it's too bad, because that description, man, sounded like <laughs> solid ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nightmare Weekend, a big fart in the wind from Eric. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on. Glenn, have at it. My worst is Mamula. Or the Nymph, or Killer Mermaid, or any other oh, other seventy-eight oh, titles in hand. Oh. The one I caught it by was Killer Mermaid. Now, I will admit, I did not go into this expecting a good film. <laughs> However, I expected at some point for there to be a mermaid killing people. Right. Which, oh, there isn't? Oh, there is eventually. No. Well, well, no. The mermaid shows up eventually. She, she's she the kills, biggest blue kills ball. one person, maybe two, near maybe. the end. <laughs> this movie should have been called Crazy Old Dude That Likes the Watery Chick Who Kills People. That's what it is. POV the movie. It's just, the movie itself is kind of so-so. But just the fact that you have this premise, and then you just say, yeah, but, you know, how many people can we kill in the water? How would that ever work? Yeah, because, like, you know, Jaws was awful. What? Come on. Killing people in the water is easy. Tons of movies have done it well. And that's, you know, you got a mermaid, you got this set up, and you don't use it well. Instead, you just have a creepy old dude who apparently has found the most inept people on planet Earth to stalk because, my God, are they horrible at everything. It's one old dude. One, it's not like he's not super powered. It's one dude. Played by oh. Nero. Or what's Frank uh, Nero? Yeah. yeah. Which is just, and it's a waste of him. I liked him in it for the five minutes he's on screen. Which, it's a waste of him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he says maybe two words. Oh. The whole movie is just a big fucking cock tease, to be honest. Just hearing about this movie is a letdown. Oh, I know. The, the only positive thing is that some of the makeup effects for the mermaid were actually really well done. Yes. I, I will say that, that makeup effects that they did, the practical makeup effects on the mermaid look really good, and that's about the only positive I oh, can And then they ruin it by doing awful CG. CG. <laughs> So you have the mermaid when she's looking all, you know, seductive and sultry, and that makeup looked great. But then when she gets all, like, you know, gnarly, wicked beast, that's, like, terrible CG. I'm like, gah, really? I didn't even make it that far, dude. I made it, like, a half hour in, and there was no killer mermaid, just a lot of POV kill shots. I'm like, fuck this movie, I'm out. There were, like, two. You have the two people who get killed in the beginning, then, like, one guy dies in the next 40 minutes. Oh, well, good thing I turned it off. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) 
I got two women talking about stuff and then meeting this Russian dude that they went to school with, apparently, which is weird because he's like 20 years older than them, it looks like. This was another one of those, too, Glenn, where we were just talking about how you ended up getting conflict for the sake of conflict. These two girls in this film are supposed to be besties forever. And within, I don't know, half hour of the island or a couple hours, one's insulting the other. And then they find out this one secret and suddenly, oh, whatever years of friendship they had, just, you know, fuck it, you're a bitch. I ain't talking to you. I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) How about we, uh, let's talk about, this is a big pet peeve of mine. And I was just talking to somebody about this uh, just the other day is when I see movies where all the women do nothing but call each other bitch the entire time. Am I the only person that finds this to be the most annoying fucking thing on the face of the planet? No. <laughs> I know it's a total yeah, off topic, but man, that just brought like all of a sudden struck a chord in me. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, though, no, what gets me with that uh, when you when you say that is, it, I think it depends too on how they say it, but even how they say it, it's still, yeah. That's our word, and you can't use it, okay? Yeah. 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 Let us be total misogynist, please. Sorry, I know that had nothing to do with anything, but also that just popped in my mind. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, I agree across the board. Killer Mermaid is a turd, an absolute turd of a flick. He's Uh, a bit. <laughs> that killer mermaid's a bitch. Um, so that was Glenn's pick. Let's move on. Angelique, go for it. Okay, my worst one, and this is really bad. It's called Population 436. I have mm. never heard of this flick. Neither heard, have I. I've heard of it. I've never gotten a chance to see it. It's always kind of been in a DVD oh. pile that I never got to. You kind of don't want to. I mean, you can use that as a coaster. <laughs> It'll make an excellent coaster. <laughs> so it's like somebody saw Children of the Corn, and they saw, oh, uh, 2,000 Maniacs, and then they read the lottery, and they were like, let's put all of this in a blender and pour it out and see what happens, and it made something horrible. Um <laughs> So basically what happens is a census taker has to go to this little town and and while he's going down the road, we were a little, you know, a little bit inebriated. And so we're all singing Copperhead Road while the guy's driving into town. (laughs) But he hits the city limits and his tires explode. And they're like, oh, we don't do strangers here. You're going to have to go back 50 miles and, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but I have to go here. So they take him into town. Well, I'm going to spoil this whole thing because it's not even worth a watch. Um, Give the audience five seconds. Right. Population 436, the town cannot have more than 436 residents. So if somebody new comes into town, somebody in town has to die. And they have several ways of maintaining this equilibrium. If somebody's pregnant, um, the... uh, Preachers and religious folk get together and decide who has to die by drawing a red card, and that is the queen or king of the festival, and they hang them in the public square during a big town dance. And so it is every, ten thousand, or what is it, two thousand? Two thousand maniacs, yeah. yeah. And it is a lottery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the children of the corn aspect comes in. Um, oh, oh, and just a dash, just the 
Ferris little, you know, if you got a bottle of Tabasco that's full of the Wicker Man remake with Nicolas Cage, just sprinkle some of that in there. Oh. Because, <laughs> Why would you want to? Well, it gave this movie some flavor, I'm just saying. But, um, they're, they're all this crazy Christian cult with all this numbers and, and uh, almost Kabbalistic equations that are teaching the children on how to keep the town at 436 and uh, the day of the festival everybody has to, to stop their clocks at 436 so the outgoing soul can die and go be with Jesus and the incoming oh, soul Jesus. can oh, dear yeah Lord. And if you have, it's awfully if you, complicated. Oh, it's so bad. And it, and the worst part about it, remember what I said, it can be anything but boring. On top of all this, they managed to make it boring. <laughs> and Fred Durst has a starring role in it, by the way. Oh, okay, we can talk about it now. It's <laughs> he is the sheriff of this little little bird oh, here, <laughs> and has way too much screen time. Um, but basically, since the taker comes in, throws the equilibrium off, and there's people who 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 are you know you know what's happening here. We all have to die, and da 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 da. So they have this mysterious fever that is actually Satan getting into them. So they give them this whack ass lobotomy from the back of the skull. I mean. I don't know how lobotomies work all the way, but I know it's the front part that has to do with that. So they give you a lobotomy, and then you want to stay in town, and it maintains the 436 or whatever. But um, basically, if you try to escape, then Jesus will strike you by lightning and make your truck explode. The end. Nice. <laughs> you are not I, – I thought you were bullshitting. You are in fact not bullshitting. I'm looking at pictures of Fred Durst as a cop right now. <laughs> I would never lie to you about a bad movie. I need to ask a question about this, though. Sure. Not that, not that anybody has an answer. So what if, like, three people died in a car crash? Do they have to go recruit new people from another town? No, there? there would magically be somebody pregnant with triplets. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was, Immaculate Conception? And, well, and, and really? at the end yeah. of the movie, um, Fred Durst does shoot his counterpart, um, so that left the town at a minus, and it so happened that the census taker's friend – oh, and the census taker was Jeremy Sisto. Oh, from Hideaway. Wow. Yeah. So we were like, oh, no, they brought him back. <laughs> no, no. I, you know what would be better is that if there were minus people, Fred Durst just all of a sudden, like, split into two Fred Durst's. Right. And there just more Fred Durst that kept populating this town. Now, that is a horror movie. <laughs> we know, did it all for the nookie. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, uh, Jay? Well, I said, I don't know. It sounds to me like they tied up all the loose ends. I'm perfectly fine with this movie. They did. Well, yeah, they did. I mean, it was a really clean ending because, you know, Fred Durst blows the cop away. The kid and, and uh, Jeremy Sisto die, so that left him at a deficit. And then here comes somebody new, and he's like, "Well, I have to get back to Chicago in two days. Well, we'll 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 take care of you right here." And then the credits roll. Oh, it was so bad, so bad, so bad. Like I said, you have a very lovely coaster. There you go. Four thirty-six. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, fuck that movie. I'm not going to be touching that one. <laughs> that sounds just awful. It sounds absolutely atrocious. It doesn't even sound enjoyable in a in in, in a like a morbidly interesting way. It's really well. See, we we were on Crackle and we were looking and we were just trying to find something you know new to watch and I was like. Well, we haven't watched Candyman in like six months. That one's great. 
let's watch Candyman. No, no, no. And we're scrolling. I'm like, oh, well, there's 2,000 maniacs. Yeah. And they're like, nah. And they're like, oh, what's this population? 436. And I was oh. like, y'all are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I agree because I'm looking at the poster. Sorry, I'm going through Google on this flick. I am so attracted to horrible, shitty movies that you've sold me on this. I oh, well, we, we just this. need to get a group watch together. Let's do a Skype session and watch oh, it all my together. <laughs> I would have I been frightened and ran for the hills just by this poster the top bill on this poster is jeremy sisto and fred durst i told you if i would have seen that i would have ran for the hills there's no way i would have clicked on that and if i was jeremy sisto who saw that i would have called my agent i'm like (laughs) how did i get go from may six feet under all these good things how did i go from that to being top billed alongside equal billing with fred durst Oh, sad, sad stuff. Uh, it might Population. have been Fred's idea. He might have been like, hey, dude, man, I'm a really big fan. Be in my movie. Because <laughs> that's how Fred Durst talks. Well, you know, he, has direct, you know he, he, did become a, he did become a director. What? Wait, what? Yeah. He oh, did. yeah. He directed, oh, that, yeah. he directed that kids movie with Ice Cube. Yep. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fred Durst is a director. Yeah. Oh. At least it's getting work. Man, <laughs> why can't I make a movie? Because <laughs> the five, the five limp biscuit fans aren't just aren't paying his mortgage anymore. He yeah, the, the education of Charlie Banks, he directed, and then he directed the long shots, which was a video. But yeah, the education of Charlie Banks, I think, made it to theaters. Well, yeah, no, they both, I think, made it to theaters. Um, yeah, the, the Education of Charlie Banks actually got some semi-decent reviews, and then The Long Shots was like a film about like a, a kid's soccer team, and it starred Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wow. it was really it was I mean it went to theaters but it was also released by the Weinstein company so you probably didn't notice. It, yeah. it, it went to theaters and was gone the next day. That was one of those films where we when I I was working at Blockbuster and um the, you know, Video Oasis, and uh, <laughs> it came there as a blockbuster exclusive when it came out on video, and I was just holding it up and going, ooh! <laughs> oh my gosh, we're spiraling, guys, we're spiraling. I'm sorry, I'm way off topic. Guys. Oh, that's okay, it's fine. It's I mean, a movie this bad will make it spiral. I'm sorry. Well, this is my fault. It's like the seven degrees of horse shit. Like, how far does this go down? <laughs> Um, so population 436, this sounds like an absolute turd. Scotty D, it's you. All right, well, uh, and as I was saying, you know, there were – see, when I watch ex- horror films and I watch exploitation films, often, you know, the, the the line between good and bad is kind of blurred and everything. And, and you know, I'll see – I'll find enjoyable things about just about everything. And there were some really terrible movies that I thought were absolutely great in their terribleness that I saw, like Blood Freak and Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Uh, but no, the one I'm going to, as as I was, was suggested, I'm going to tell you the one where I was just plain let down. I'm really looking forward to seeing that pilot episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I haven't had a chance to oh. yet because I need to see Bruce Campbell in something better than the man with the screaming brain. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes, I'm afraid I did. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> oh, you know, this, this breaks my heart because I didn't think it was that bad a flick. I yeah, thought, same here. 
I thought it was really it, it's not that it is let's say like the worst thing ever. It's just that it was so disappointing because you could tell that it could have been so much better. Yep. Uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, you know, who, who doesn't love this guy? You know, he's just awesome. We love this guy. We love him on screen. We love him off screen. Um, and, you know, he also wrote, produced, directed this one. And he had tried to get this thing made for like, what was it? Something like 20 years? Yeah. Apparently the, the last minute, the other producers, the backers of the film said, okay, it's no longer being filmed in Los Angeles. It's now being filmed in Bulgaria, so you can film this back-to-back with Alien Apocalypse. And he actually later made jokes about this in the next film he directed, My Name is Bruce, which a lot of people didn't like, and I actually enjoyed that one. I'm one of them that didn't like it. I thought this was much better than My Name is Bruce. Oh, I liked My Name is Bruce, actually. This one I just thought was a real letdown um, because... Bruce Campbell had to rewrite the script, and he kind of recognized that he would have to rewrite it from the ground up because you can't just say, change a couple things like, oh, I'll meet you at Spago's to I'll meet you at or whatever Bulgaria is. Um, you, know, you, you actually have to change it and change the entire culture thing. Yuri's <laughs> Vodka Bar. Oddly xenophobic there. There's the... <laughs> I actually have a story about a Bulgarian cafe that I went into down here, but I'm not going to tell it. Um, the um, It was not pleasant. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, so the whole Unfortunately, now half the humor in the film, and I use that sparingly, is now based on this East meets West clash between the Americans and the Bulgarians. And ugh, that just like put a very sour spin on the rest of the movie because you got this movie about a mad scientist, well not even really a mad scientist, but just kind of this quirky scientist played by Stacy Keach, who I just fucking love that guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's, and now he has to like give like a a special like tr- transplant uh, where he puts this cab driver's brain into Bruce Ca- half of the pre- cab driver's brain into Bruce Campbell's body, and then his wife gets involved. So, and you know, there there could you saw a lot of potential here, but honestly, I watched this and I'm like, you know what? I don't like any of the characters. I'm not laughing. I think the film looks really flat and dull all yeah, through it. Does. It looks like a TV show. It yep. really does. I mean, it. it I mean, it, it, and so you when you hear like all like the how long he tried to get this made and everything, and saw the the, the result, it was just oh, it's terrible because it, it you know because I I liked the I liked like some of the potential of it, like especially the bits between Bruce Campbell and his estranged wife. I thought like that was a nice angle to the story, and I liked how that the the direction that was going in. But no, instead we got this stupid crazy gypsy woman and uh we got the Bul- Bulgarian humor constantly and it just looked flat and dull and I just I, I just felt like I'd wasted my time with it. Yeah, I gotta agree. It is kind of yeah. a dull flick. And when I said, you know, I liked this better, my name is Bruce, you're kinda of comparing two turds here. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I didn't I didn't particularly like either of them, but this one at least there was there was some kind of whimsy to it. I thought it was sort of charming. Um Bruce Campbell, he's totally hamming it up. It's just total yucks. 
So, I mean, I couldn't hate it too much. What's uh, anybody else chime in on this one? I'm kind of partial to it only because um, he actually toured that when I was still working at the Oriental Theater. Um, and that was my first time meeting Bruce Campbell, and he was just a super nice dude. So, like, I feel bad hating on the movie. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's definitely, like, both that and My Name is Bruce aren't, like, the greatest things in cinema history. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like you said, I don't hate it. It's just it had so much potential. Mm-hmm. And just shit the bed, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. I agree. Not I very saw, I saw it at the Oriental. <laughs> Oh, nice. Uh, I have not seen it since because I felt no need to ever revisit it. Yeah, I was, I was taking tickets. <laughs> and, and now I have Ash vs. the Evil Dead to watch weekly, so I don't need to visit anything else. Oh, dude, let's not even start that because let me tell you, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, we can just... <sighs> It's very well known, my opinions on the Evil Dead remake and what a horrible piece of shit that movie is. Amen. They should have just made this. Ash vs. the Evil Dead is fucking hot. It's 100% exactly what I wanted after Army of Darkness. That's all I'm going to say. So anyways, uh, Man with Screaming Brain, that is uh, Scotty's pick. And Mark the Movie Man, you are going to round this out until I get free reign to just take a complete crap on something. So, Mark, oh. your turn. Well, uh, our, our grand poobah here, Derek, says that uh, I'm able to find good in nearly every film, and, and I'm a little soft on, a, on occasional films, and that's okay. But even I, even I for this one, was in pain the entire film yet i watch it because i have a i have a code that i will watch anything once damn it and it's robin hood ghosts of sherwood and this is painfully bad so what is is this like one of those hansel and gretel gimmicks is that what is no it takes place in the period it's a period piece quote unquote i use it loosely and and here's what and i wish this movie was what the description from imdb says because it's basically nottingham the, the while battling the nottingham sheriff robin hood and his band of merry men are slain distraught over the horrific turn of events marion and little john attempt to resurrect robin and his comrades in doing so they inadvertently turn the one-time heroes into the living dead and are out those living dead have a f- uh, craving for blood Oh. Um, yep. I wish that was the whole movie, in all honesty, because I'm like, okay, zombie Robin Hood, yeah, it's late, all right, I'll watch it. And that, what I described there, is the last 20 minutes of the movie. The first what? half of the movie yeah. <laughs> is Robin Hood meeting up with Maid Marian and introducing her to his merry men. It's all badly ADR'd. What? Is it bang bang? The act, no, but it's English. <laughs> it, 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 it's in English, but all the dialogue you is... You can have gangbangs in English. It is, no, there's no gangbangs. <laughs> well, that just would have redeemed the whole movie, damn it. <laughs> it's in the language of love. There's horrible dialogue, and and it, it does this first section, and then there's a point where it actually fades out 
like it's going to commercial break and comes back, and then it starts another part of the story, which has absolutely nothing to do with the description at all. It involves – I have no idea. It was painful. Was this I adapted would, for the stage or something? I mean that could have been Act 1. I I think they were trying for – what's worse is they, they deem it as Ghosts of Sherwood in 3D. Yeah. So, Mark, okay. Mark, was this something that was on Sci-Fi Channel? No, this was a direct-to-video thing. I think I this wasn't sci-fi. This is done by Digidream Studios. I have no uh, fucking clue who that is. <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have no. I shouldn't be running this this show. This is the last episode of Astro Radio Z, folks. I'm hanging it up. I'm handing in my card. It was nice it was, knowing you. Yeah, it was the good run. There was no there was absolutely nothing. I mean they had costumes that were bought from some costume shop that said, Hey, this is for the period. Like you said, the dialogue was, was bad. it was it was painful. It hurt my ears. I'm like sitting here going, My ears are bleeding because every line, every single line of dialogue that's delivered is horrible. They go to the witch. This is how they raise the dead. They go to a witch for potions. And there's something about the soul uh, and and taking Robin's soul and there's supposedly gore in it, which it wasn't really good-looking gore. And Little John – Little John is played by Kane Hodder Duh. in this. <laughs> so does he choke a bunch of people out? No, I wish. That would have been interesting. Oh, and even worse, Tom Savini was Sheriff of Nottingham. Of course he was. Of course he was. No. Yes. (laughs) So so I was like, Todd, you know, when I saw the list, I was like, okay, you know, Tom Savini, okay, Kane Hodder, zombie Robin Hood, okay. It it wasn't. There, There was absolutely not one redeeming quality I could find, and that's tough for me out of this entire film. And I love the trivia on IMDb because on the trivia on IMDb, it said, reviled so much by audience and critics alike, the filmmakers were tried for war crimes and found guilty, sentenced to life in prison. (laughs) That's the only trivia on IMDb. I'm looking up right now. It is true. Oh my god. It, it has I can't believe total, IMDb god damn. It's an IMDb rating of 1.7. Now you do realize IMDb is kind of like Wikipedia, right? Anybody yes. can no, go on and not, adjust we things. We know that. I just got a kick no, out of it. No, it's not true. We know it's I mean, not true. Yeah, but I know that's not true. But, but we like, wish it were. That <laughs> line of trivia. Dreams. That line of trivia was more entertaining than the entire film. Oh man, there's you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of that shit. There's an awful lot of that shit, and that sounds like a dudder. And I'm I'm gonna round this uh this section out with um. Let's just say, like I said at the top of this segment, I see a lot of horse shit on my 31 Days of Horrors. I'm sure each and every one of us do. When you're watching a horror movie every day for 31 days, you're bound to watch a lot of crap. If you're looking to try and watch new stuff all the time, if you're going to just watch the classics, yeah. 
Of course. When I'm watching City of the Living Dead, that's a no-brainer. It's a fucking amazing movie. But uh, maybe not so much something like, let's see, I, I, I'll i just throw out a couple dudders before I get to my main one. Um, the Convent was a 90s, oh, just horrible kind of Night of the Demons send-up with Adrian Barbeau as this ass-kicking, uh, leather-bound uh None killer. It was just so stupid. I, one of the few people that didn't like Crimson Peak whatsoever. Um, cool as hell was another daughter. Um, oh, I saw a film actually actually titled Insecticidal about killer insects. I, I can't say this is a really bad one, but if any of you guys, I should have put this on the other section. Have you any of you seen Spookies? No. Oh, it's classic. No. Come on, man. Jay. <laughs> Jay, you and Eric, I know Eric's seen Spookies. Jay, you need to see Spookies. I'll get on it. I'll get oh, on it. Oh, dude. It <laughs> is one is... of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I've never laughed so much and had such a good time. It's We're... two incomplete movies mashed together. It's, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it's 80s. The dude, the, one of the characters looks like a Guido version of uh, Black Adam. It's It's so fucking great. Oh my god, it's <laughs> incomprehensible how bad this movie is, but it's so much fun. But oh, I love it. the absolute worst thing that I saw this month, and I watched it because it's on Netflix, and it was actually highly regarded through the group, and it actually started and generated probably the only contentious thread of the entire month, and I don't know if you guys are even aware of this, but the 2014 Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce film Creep was one of the worst films I've seen in probably five years. Oh, that was on my list to watch. It, yeah. It is... I have not had a film that I've checked out of and I found more insulting than this movie in a long, long time. It's a found footage movie about uh, this um, production worker, the cinematographer, who, who goes and takes on this uh, freelance job from this dude to document him for a for a thousand dollars for one day to document this guy who supposedly is dying and wants to leave a video for his soon to be born son and uh, almost immediately sends off red flags to this guy that he is not to be trusted and um, there's two characters in this entire movie Mark Duplass doesn't sell that he's a genuine character at all um, I think it found footage films if you can't posit that this film is real and that you're supposed to believe that this is actually happening, you have failed. And right. at no point does this feel, film feel real because both of the characters are stupid as fuck. <laughs> no, Amen. No, no person... No, I work in uh, production for video and film, and no person would show up on a job, take a job that hadn't had extensive talks with the person they're, they're going to take the gig from, show up, the person not be there, and then go sit, and then that person try and freak them out, and then stay there on that gig. 
Mm-hmm. Like immediately this guy tries being creepy and um it just it totally doesn't sell this movie. The two actors, I don't know, is it supposed to be a comedy? Is it supposed to be a horror film? I don't know. If if the most scary thing you have in your film is a dude in a cheap dime store werewolf mask gyrating his hips, if that's the scariest thing you got in your movie, you're fucked. You're I made that for private fucked. use. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's I, I, seriously. <laughs> there's not been one film I've watched in a long time that were was as pointless as this flick. It's on Netflix, and I couldn't believe the praise it was getting. It it was. It's seriously. I don't like trash and films like this on my podcast too much, but this film was a steaming pile of shit. Uh, Mark. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I was trying to see what the appeal was because. And in some horror groups and that that I am on Facebook, people were talking about, oh, you know, creep, oh, you got to really watch it. And I agree. I'm watching it. And the first 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, I'm already not believing it because I'm like, no professional in their right mind would have stuck around to shoot this thing, regardless of the money involved, because it, especially in today's day and age, it's just too freaking weird. I mean, I mean, the guy doesn't show up when he does, and then there's not even a twist. I was hoping for a twist, and as the film goes on, you're like, where is this thing going? And it never gets there. Well, it has like some weird angle where they're kind of like strangely in love with each other. I I felt that. I didn't get that. I I felt like there was implied a little bit of that or just some. It wasn't overt, but I think there was there was some weird relationship between the two of them. And this is a movie where a rape story is kind of played for laughs a little bit. And and, and it just is so stupid where like a rape about a werewolf and it was, Oh God, it was just, I can't even be, it, I, it, I let it go out of my brain almost immediately after it was done. Um, Scotty, did you like this flick? Uh, I, well, I, I, I was not one of the people who praised it. Uh, and thought it was like fantastic, but I actually did watch it in part because it got such notice from a few people, including people in this group that, whose uh, opinion I respect. I can see their love of the film as much as I can see your, and I'm, it's sounding like I'm being overly diplomatic here, but I'm really not. This is honest opinion. I can see their love of the film as much as I can see your just disgust and frustration and hatred of the film. Uh, me, I'm somewhere in between where I looked at it. I said, yeah, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay, but I didn't really go nuts for it either. There's a couple images in it that I liked. There's a couple little turns with uh, the Duplass performance that I liked. But for the most part, I was like, yeah, you just, it just didn't grab me. And the main thing that, and, and I will total, that I will back you up on is that the movie... It can work for you unless you spend more than, like, 10 seconds rationally thinking it out. <laughs> because, because I mean, he doesn't tell me. And because, you know, uh, you, you were, all the things you were talking about, you know, or things like that. But, you know, okay, forget that, like, he doesn't, follow, like, do research or whatever. Does he know anybody? Because... It, Apparently he there's nobody else in the entire world but these two people. He has not told 
anybody about this job that he's taking. He hasn't told anybody when he got back, like, dude, there was this guy after me, and it's, it was creepy. Yeah, and um, he's stalking me and sending me videos of me in my sleep. And, yes. and the, it, the first day they're shooting, when he finally comes up to him and says, hey, and scares him and says, oh, come on up, let's film, and explains the entire situation, what's the first thing they film? Him naked in the bath, taking a bath. Yeah, and it was. I think there was a little bit that was supposed to be kind of quirky. I, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a comedy. I know some people have read it as a comedy. I think there was quirky black humor, and I think that is that comes through in a scene like that. I really do. I think that's where they were going with that. I don't know, man. But, I, the, felt... but the problem, like, was is that eventually, and too late, you know, he does decide. Yeah, I'm going to call the police about this, and they says he says, well, no, I can't tell you his real name because he used an assumed name and I found out the place he he said was his home was a rental. I'm like, okay, but you know what? You can uh, uh, find out who rented the property. You can find out that. And you can show him them hours of video footage with this guy's face and yeah. voice. Yeah. Including, including, now slow uh, down, Chief. No, come on. <laughs> Inclu- including, including apparently, including apparently a confession to a very serious crime, which of course is probably werewolf rape. Which is pro- of course probably not true, but it would still raise you know the concern of the police if they heard it. So, I mean, I actually in it, I didn't hate the movie as much, but I just said. I watched the movie. I'm like, I just can't get into it. And I will say that if you think about it, like try to think about it rationally, it's just not going to work for you at all. I can understand people who enjoy it, and I can understand people who don't enjoy it. And I was just somewhere. I fell somewhere right in between where it didn't have, like, I was like the total median. It didn't have a really positive or negative aspect. Wow, when you're announcing your run for presidency, there, geez, wait a. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I know that sounds like I'm being overly uh, diplomatic, almost as if that. No, man, you know, I've disagreed with lots of people in this group before, but honestly, that's my honest opinion of the film. Is like, there's, I mean, I will be honest, there are parts of this movie that I thought about for a couple days later. I'm like, oh, that was kind of creepy. And then there's Dude. a lot of other parts where I just said, yeah, but the thing doesn't make any fucking sense. So, no, yeah. no it feels like it two dudes that had a camera, had access to a camera, and ad-libbed a movie, and then released it. That's well, what they do that like. a lot. Those guys actually do that a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Mark Duke that doesn't make it right. No, <laughs> no, no, but that's like, but that's like basically what their what their style is. I know that Mark Duplass with his brother Jay, um, Jay, thank you, uh, did that movie a few years ago, Baghead, which I have yeah. not had a chance to see. But I think that that almost takes, even though it has a bigger cast, I think that almost takes a kind of a similar approach and tone. From what I've heard, yeah, it's really not that great either. Like their whole thing is they they emerge from that mumblecore. Uh, yeah, mumblecore. Yeah, and, and yeah, I can't get no more. <laughs> I, yeah. this... I like safety's not. I like safety's not. Uh, safety not guaranteed, and I which I think that um, Duplass was in at least, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, involved. Yeah, he produced, produced it. it. Yeah. Uh, for me, this is one of those creep. I think creep would have worked okay for me if it wasn't found footage. I've seen so many found footage films in recent years that I was like, you know, 
I probably would have liked this film more had they just filmed it traditionally and not tried to do found footage. Oh, I think and, about that a lot of things. And I think I think Creep would have possibly worked better not as a found footage film and had they gotten a little creative because at one point I thought tables were going to turn with these characters and they don't. And I'm like, that would have been a perfect opportunity and actually made the trip here good but they didn't do that, and the final payoff in the very end of the film is not worth the 88 other minutes I sat through it. <laughs> but I think it would have been at least a little bit more sellable if it wasn't found footage. But the minute you put it in found footage, you're trying to give it a more real reality yep. spin. Yep. And the minute you start putting it in reality, you got to start to watch what you're doing because if it doesn't make sense, it's going to stand out. You're supposed to believe that this is really happening and it felt like two dudes ad-libbing a film that they had a camera and just ad-libbed a film and had a cheap dime store werewolf mask and that they thought was was creepy and it was just it was stupid and like you said the end ugh, it didn't, <laughs> it, this was a fucking turd this was easily the worst thing I saw can I ask a question though hmm. I have a question sure mm-hmm. Does the werewolf get raped, or does it do the raping? It does the raping. <laughs> the, he, okay. Yeah, it does. Uh, the and the lady supposedly likes it. <laughs> yeah. No one gives the dog a bone. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, boy. That was a howler. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap this up. This 31 Days of Horror, I think we've dressed enough. I don't have much more to say about Creep. I'm just going to – I'll could. I. I'll just keep uh, saying how it, – it, it, was, it was on my list to watch, and my friend Amy saw it the – night before I said I was going to watch it and she said I'll save you the trouble and just come over and punch you in the balls (laughs) I think that's a great box that's a great poll quote great poll quote for that movie so there we go another year has gone past another 31 days I want to thank everybody here that was involved this year was bigger than the rest of the years that we've had we had a lot of new people in and uh, I appreciate everyone that came on the show and appreciate everyone that came into the group and added and contributed and uh, there was a few guys like Jason Hodge that man he brought some deep cuts some deep cuts that I was just I had no idea about and I love that that's what I love about the group we have is that it's always it's never the the simple easy stuff that you see year in and year out there's always a few cats that are just bringing it new stuff that I've never heard of. And uh, that's what I live for in this group. Eric always brings it. And uh, that's why I like it. I, I keep it fluid so I can check out these new flicks as I'm going along. But uh, I had one person, Mark McKay, who is another cat from Ohio that I've met a few times at uh, Cinema Wasteland. He's usually the dude walking around in the Dime Store Odorous Urungus uh, outfit. Uh, he's a big trauma fan. He's a filmmaker. And he was going to be on the show tonight, and he wrote a little email he wanted me to read. Uh, this will wrap it up here. And we'll, he says, Hey, Astro Radio Z listeners, Mark McKay here. I'm on me. I'm, ugh, I can't even read. Goddamn Schlitz. You got me half in the <laughs> I'm unable to call in due to being in the middle of my shooting schedule. He's shooting a film right now. Doing this 31 Days of Horror list has been awesome. It's great to see filmmakers, critics, and genre actors put aside who they are in honor of celebrating what made us all do what we do. 
horror movies. It was amazing to see everyone gather every day and talk about their favorite movies to watch during the season. No negative fucks poo-pooing on others' choices. Dude, friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's dude with exclamation mark. I don't know how to honestly. Dude. Friendships have been made over Night of the Creeps! Exclamation point. That's how I'm going to read every single exclamation point that I, I see. I love Night of the Creeps. <laughs> <laughs> how can't you? It's a fucking great movie. Uh, fucking sweet! He wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is my favorite time of year, and every year I watch a different Halloween horror movie every day for the month of October, so I was excited to see a group of like-minded individuals do the same. Being a filmmaker, I don't like to crap on other movies. Uh, I know the bullshit you go through in making one, but the worst movie I saw this month was definitely Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. It oh. <laughs> was a movie. <laughs> Rather than saying that typical, uh, saying the typical favorites such as Halloween, Trick or Treat, and Evil Dead, I'm going to say my favorite movie, uh, new movie I saw this month was Tales of Halloween, which was another one that I watched as well, which I thought was okay. I didn't, and I'm speaking for myself here. Um, oh, it was an anthology flick. I thought it was all right. Um, I like that a lot. You like that one? I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a little too safe for my taste, but that's just me. Uh, and let's go back to what Mark has to say here. It's independently made and such a fun Halloween movie. I think I found a new staple to add to my Halloween list now. Sorry for making this long. I tended to be short, but when I get my fingers on a keyboard, I don't tend to stop. I want to say thank you to me. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's very nice of you. And I said me, but he wrote my name out. Uh, for allowing me to join the group and participating on Astro Radio Z. Say scary, everyone. Sincerely. Mark McKay. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you and everyone being involved in this, and we'll be back next year. You can rest assured I usually get the group started around September. Um, if you want to be a part of this, you hear this ap episode, and you want to be a part of it, seek me out on uh, Facebook or the Astro Radio Z page or Astro Radio Z podcast at gmail.com. Let me know next year, and I'll definitely add you in, and you can either be on the, the show or you can just be part of the group and meet some really rad fuckers. So, um, again, I'm Derek Carey. You can find me at AstroRadioZ.com. Uh, you can email me at AstroRadioZPodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Tumblr, blah, blah, blah. You can find the show anywhere where you want to find uh, podcasts. You can also buy some of my movies. My uh, new anthology film, Hole in the Wall, just came out on DVD and for digital download and VOD rental. So go check it out. on. Uh, you can Google it up or just go to storeenvyrabbitchildfilms.storeenvy.com. You can buy all that stuff along with Swamphead and some other gimmicks. So uh, go support me. Buy some filth. I got some filth for you. <laughs> so I'm going to round this out. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z where they can find you and your wares. Uh, well, I'm totally on Facebook. And uh, um, check out my band, Tiger Knight, at tigernight.com. And that's about it, really. Yeah, Tiger Knight is a band Astro Radio Z listeners are familiar with because I play you guys all the time on here. And so. we appreciate it very much. Yeah, it's awesome. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. So, Glenn Bittner, you're up next. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well, both with just myself. Also, uh, BBB Bunker or Naked Hobo Productions, same thing on YouTube. And you can follow me on the Twitters, at Naked Hobo. Naked Hobo. Jay Gilkey, go for it, sir. Pimp your wares. You can find me on Facebook under the fake name Jonathan Cabot. 
Uh, so my students and parents from my school don't know what I do on Facebook and what I do in my regular life. You degenerate. Um, Yes, I need you to can do that also. Myself. <laughs> uh, if you if you're so inclined, you can check out mondolucha.com um, or YouTube Mondo Lucha Milwaukee. Check out some of our videos. We have a DVD release. We have T-shirts, and we'll be back in 2016. Always a good time. It's usually the staple every year. Everyone goes when it it sells out just about every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Dude, it's a good time. It's a blast. If you're in the Milwaukee area, go to Turner Hall. Check out the Mondalucha. You'll have a great time. Uh, Scotty D, you're up next. Uh, if I ever get around to actually updating it, um, hopefully sometime soon, you can catch me at moviocrity.com, M-O-V-I-O-C-R-I-T-Y.com. Uh, you can also catch uh, back episodes of my uh, web series, Moviocrity. I recommend checking it out on Vimeo, simply because copyright trolls and YouTube uh, Puritans try to take the, the show down. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that show is Moviocrity. You can catch that at vimeo.com slash channels slash Moviocrity. Awesome. Mark the Movie Man, you're up, my friend. Uh, best place to find my stuff is there's a one-stop shop, and that's specialmarkproductions.com. That's where you can find uh, my latest reviews that I do, review show called The Final Cut. I also do a podcast of my own called The Spoiler Room, uh, which uh, we have the archived episodes there. I, uh, it's going through a little bit of revamping, but you can go there, find that there. Find the videos I do for WeLiveFilm.com there as well, as well as the festival coverage that I do for uh, various film festivals in Wisconsin. I'll have the one for Madtown up soon with five interviews that I did. Otherwise, you can check it out on Special Mark Productions on uh, YouTube, or you can follow me at MovieManiac3D on the Twitter. Awesome. Last but not least, Angelique, if you have anything to pimp, you're on. I have a couple things. You can always you know, find me on Facebook. I love talking to folks. Um, check out uh, thelosthighway.com. Uh, you'll find some reviews from myself and a bunch of really funny fellas. Um, also, starting next year, I'll be uh, in a movie called Icebox Bertha. Um, there's a Facebook page. Uh, check it out. There's a lot of development stuff being posted, so we're pretty excited about that. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, for me and everybody else here, thanks for listening, and prepare yourselves, fine listeners of Astro Radio Z. The final Vice Academy <laughs> episode <sighs> is looming. You will hear it soon. Yes! (laughs) How can I how can I dare explain the excitement that I have? You can hear it in our voices. How can I put this? The last Vice Academy episode that we did is the least listened to episode of (laughs) Radio D. Oh my god, I we, killed the show! We can top that. We can top that, man. We can top that. We have to finish it. We have to finish it for for completionists everywhere. We gotta finish every year we're doing these franchises. Oh. And uh, we struck gold with witchcraft. I mean gold as in people loved that. Nobody's digging this vice again. You voted for it. Yeah, yeah but you 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 were the one that put it up as a 
choice. I oh. did. I thought it was a good idea. Oh, man. <laughs> I've man. been wrong many times. Oh, man. <laughs> well, anyways, prepare yourselves, fine listeners. We're going to finally finish the Vice Academy oh. series with Vice Academy 5 and 6. Prepare for that. That will be the next episode. So until next time, see ya. Thank you.